Happy Tuesday, everybody, and even more importantly, happy Valentine's Day. Will you be my Valentine? I'm Larry Jacobs. You should know my name before you accept my Valentine proposal. Today's the 14th of February, 2023, and uh, we're going to have a nice show with our good friends over at Casey. Council for Council of Administrators of Special Education, one of my favorite groups out there. And we have a first-time guest from the case, Phyllis Wolf from the Executive Director, is usually with us. But today, I hope the beginning of a whole new thing, which will include Phyllis. We have Dr. Bridget Bright here. And Bridget is a former administrator with over 20 years' experience in the field of special ed. She's now the Director of Communications and Membership or CASE, again, the Council of Administrators of Special Education. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next half hour or so, about how CASE, how special ed administration fits into school, all the things that they're doing to get people interested, involved, and prepared for a good year in special education. This is key. Uh, You know, as, as we all know, there's a lot of challenges out there in schools and special ed. A lot of it falls on special ed. And, uh, this is a great group, so we're going to have a nice time talking with Bridget. We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. I do hope you go over there, look at the latest issue of our magazine. You'll see the cover with all the Equity Award winners. That's over there. It's our online journal. Flip through. You'll really enjoy Equity and Access Pre-K-12. All of our podcasts are over there. This one will be there, too. All right, plus our SEL Today website link, and then also teacher-retention.com link. we got good stuff going for you, and we do it all the time, and we hope you take advantage of it, ace-ed.org. And without further, by the way, everything we do over there is free, just so you know, okay, including a subscription to the magazine. We'll send you the link when it comes out again, ace-ed.org. I guess I should mention that, and then I will say, Happy Valentine's Day, Bridget. Did you get your flowers yet from your husband yet, Bridget? No, I'm anticipating those will be coming this afternoon. I would assume <laughs> Good morning. they would Happy be. Valentine's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you. And, I, and we're going to get right into this. And by the way, I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm a Bridget, terrific person to talk to, and I'm just so glad you're representing Case today on the, uh, on, on the show. The first thing I want to get to, <clears throat> which I found interesting, the CASE Annual Conference is a long way from now. It's November 8th to 10th in Pittsburgh. Great city, by the way. All right. And it's called Building Bridges from Vision to Practice. And I, I got an email this week that echoes this, that there is an upcoming deadline for proposals. All right. And today is Valentine's Day. And so, Bridget, could you tell my good friend Phyllis, I'm going to, well, Phyllis, will you marry me? Phyllis Welfram. Is that the kind of proposal you want, Bridget? <laughs> That's not the exact proposal that we're looking for, oh. but Phyllis did have a special message I love you, Phyllis. You. Uh-huh. She wanted to make sure that I said, go chief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame As we know, our Kansas know, City Chiefs are notorious. <laughs> That's great. No. <laughs> uh, but in I'm all from Philadelphia, everybody, in case you didn't know that. I live in Maine, but I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yep. Right. 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 They played a great um, game. i got to tell you, they played a great game. and, and they, de- they deserve their victory, okay? That's all there is to it. They deserve their victory. And, you know, I thought it was not just very a game. It was, it was funny at the end because Travis Kelsey 
was screaming how nobody how nobody respects the Chiefs, and I don't know a single person, football fans especially, who don't like the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They just thought the Eagles were going to beat them that day. It's not disrespect, okay? So I thought, I thought it was kind of funny, but that, well-deserved. He got me now with that subject. Well-deserved victory. What can I say? I will. All right, I will really pass that <laughs> So, Phyllis, I, I will not accept my proposal, I guess. So we'll go on to what kind of proposals are you looking for? Let's get this done because there's a deadline, and I know a lot of people want to get involved. Proposals to present at the case annual conference, which, again, isn't until November, but this has an earlier deadline. So what are you looking for? That's correct. Right. So the deadline is March 1st, and what we're looking uh, to do is to obtain proposals that are based around our theme, which is building bridges from vision to practice. So in special education and in public education as a whole, we know at times there's a research to practice gap. And so what we want to do is offer sessions that are focused on actionable things that leaders in special education can do to help those practices in special education. Um, you know, we want things that are providing innovative solutions to the problems that uh, our leaders are facing with teacher shortages, um, yeah. providing mental health, and all around just Ooh. practitioner shortages in special education. Right. I'll tell you, the, the providing mental health thing, I did a show, I did a, a podcast a few days ago with my good friend Ann Brown from the Cook Center for Human Connection, and they deal a great deal for schools, okay, in teen suicide. Okay, and then mm -hmm. I read today that a, a young lady was in the New York Times, I think it was in the Times, might have been the Globe here, but a young lady in, uh, a 14-year-old, yeah, beautiful young lady in New Jersey committed suicide after she was bullied by some kids. And then that was videoed, which embarrassed her to the point that this lovely young child, okay, killed herself. Okay, and it's just, um, it, you know, this is the kind of thing we're up against. And I'm telling you, a lot of this falls on the counselors and the special ed folks. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's just Absolutely. It's brutal out there. Brutal out there. Mm -hmm. yeah, but we scary. know that there are so many great programs and awesome things going on across the country. And so I just encourage, even if um, perhaps uh, you haven't presented before or this might be your first time submitting a, a proposal, that um, I feel very strongly that our leaders across the country have stuff to share and especially highlighting the good news of special education too. And so I would just encourage anyone that had any interest or if you have something that you think others could learn from to please submit proposals. Right, and the, I'll just submit my idea. And that is that a lot of teachers that are not special ed teachers hold special ed as something separate. They have deep respect for those teachers, but it's a separate thing. And my point is the special ed, uh, the special ed uh, professionals have a lot to offer to the entire school. And those bridges have yeah. to be broken down, okay, so that everybody understands, hey, what they know and how, they, how you can work with them to help all your kids. Thoughts? Yeah. Larry, you're so right. And in fact, this afternoon, I'm going to the local college here to talk to aspiring general oh. educators nice. about special education. And that's my very message is that all means all. And so yeah. um, as you enter into the field of public education, you're responsible for every single child. And it's special education and services is not a place you go to. It's services that are provided to you. Um, and that's a team effort. So I'm really excited. Um, yeah, we're on the same wavelength there. 
So mm-hmm. uh, how do you submit a proposal? You just Is there a thing on at kcc.org, or how do you want people to submit it? Yes. Yes. They're um, on the homepage of the website, like you said, kcc.org. If you scroll down, there's more information that you can go to there. And then also, we're going to be um, actually transitioning to a new website within the next two weeks. So if you don't see it on that homepage, you can go to the event event page. I'll be darned. Okay. There's going to be a whole new look, okay, over at KCC. Whoa. I know. So we have the new logo. And we had to we're going to have talk a, about that. A we're going to talk about that. Would you do me a favor, direct Madam Director of Communications? Make sure you send me an email and send us a press release about the new uh, the new website. Okay, so we can help you with the launch. How's that sound? I would love that. I would love that. Yeah, please don't don't forget that. Okay, put that on there. Or I'll have to withdraw my proposal to Phyllis if that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you hear that, fellas? So stay on, stay on Bridget. Make sure she does that. What's the new logo? So can you talk about it? Web- sure, certainly. And um, when you yep. go to the website, you'll see uh, that the current website has the old logo on there. But if you go yeah. under uh, the About Us page, there is um, information regarding our new style guide and logo, and we are just. So thrilled to share um, this new logo. Actually, give a description. We have four core values, and those values are represented with the new colors that are underneath uh, the logo, the red, purple, green, and bronze. And then also with the diamond that is kind of the icon that we're uh, transitioning to, it has multi-facets on it, and that represents the diverse population that we serve. I like that. That's good. That's good. I like it. When is that? When is that officially unveiled? Just this January, um, and we did uh, roll that out through our membership. Uh, and we had video with Phyllis explaining that, and that was on the front page of our website for a while. But um, now okay, that we sorry, have uh, that style guide wrapped up, that's why we were able to then soon transition to a new web design. Well, wait a minute. Now I got to now I got to do something here. Okay, hold good. Oh wait, 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 wait! Now I get now. I sign now. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so I saw the new logo. Okay, I thought I did. I get it now. Now I get it with the four. I get it with the four sides. I now I see it. Okay, very good. That's excellent. The new logo was on your weekly newsletter, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's where I saw it, and I knew it. Okay, as I was as I said the question, I knew it, and it looks terrific. Okay, it is a multifaceted. Thing special education of age. You guys did that. You know, you talk about the new style guide. What does that mean? What do you hope to accomplish with? What does that mean? And what style in terms of what? Bridget. Sure. So, um, as Case is an international organization, we have state units as well, and so often they'll um, use our Case logo or want to reference us as. as uh, you know, their parent agency. And so the style guide will let our state units and executive directors um, know what we're trying to go for with uh, consistency of message and then mm-hmm. also like consistency it. of style. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. You are yeah. good, Madam D- Director of Communications. I got to tell you, this is really good <laughs> stuff. Okay. It's a changing <laughs> over there and for the better. And, and it is needed. Not in terms of you haven't done things great before, but people need to understand special ed more now than ever. 
in my opinion. Okay. We're coming out of the pandemic. We've got all this problem. Everybody saw the news yesterday about teen girls being so sad, how the, the, the so suicide rate is that I read that horrible story this morning. I mean, we really need help out there. Okay, I mean, the special ed team is going to help, and I hope people, administrators, and other teachers really, really understand that. You know, you guys had a winter workshop recently, and yeah, it was about it was about dyslexia. All right, and I, I'm curious, you have other workshops going on. How did that one work out? Is that the big thing in 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 uh, in special ed these days? Because, and I have to say this, because dyslexia. Uh, can apply to reading. Obviously, it does. Okay, mm-hmm. and the, the NAEP scores, the reading scores. Everybody's upset. You know, you all know the whole thing that, that's going on now with the phonics and the science of reading. Everybody knows all this stuff with Lucy Calkins and what's going on. It was actually a big story in the New York Times a couple of days ago about that. The 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 way we teach reading it seems to, we need to make a change. Okay, dyslexia has a lot to do with that. If we can get kids on the right reading track, we're going to be in good shape. So uh, that's a long way of saying, is dyslexia the most important thing out there in special ed if you, if you have to rank things? That's a great question. I think probably the most important thing in special ed could change by the hour or by the day. But um, <laughs> most definitely. Let me ask it again before the show's over, and we'll see what changes. Right, we'll please, please do. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's a great answer. That's a funny no, answer. You know, um, Dr. Vicki McNamara, who is our Director of Professional Learning, really has her finger on the pulse of um, the needs across the nation. And so when Chase is designing um, professional development offerings, they're looking what's happening in other states. And what, getting to have that national perspective is so important because what I can share um, with my experience as a director, we in Arkansas went through the science of reading and, and giant dyslexia shift yes, a number of years ago. Um, yes, however, this, this now this message is just now coming to some other states. That's and exactly so right. The window- and, and Arkansas mm-hmm. was, 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 was not one, I don't know if they were number one, but they were damn close to number one and getting jumping on the bandwagon. It's good. It's good. Yes, and it was, it was absolute sweeping change and intensive uh, professional development provided by our State Department. So when you look at a, at a national perspective and you're able to see what's happening in other states, you can provide the information and the professional services and development that will let other states and other directors be more proactive than perhaps um, you would be if you didn't um, know that was going on, right? There's lots of action in uh, state legislatures around dyslexia, a very high uh, lobbying force around dyslexia. And the Case Winter Workshop was supremely successful. It was very well attended. I was um, very impressed with the questions from uh, directors from across the country. And again, it's just one more way that Case is trying to bridge that research to practice gap. Because there's a lot of myths that were debunked during the winter workshop around dyslexia and and reversals and different things like that. And so, it was, it's such a huge topic and huge need. We're even in discussions to see if maybe this is going to be an annual event. Maybe we offer uh, a dyslexia piece annually. I, th- I think it has to be. And I, it brings up an interesting question. When, when teachers are taught how to teach children to read, 
okay? And it, within the, the earlier grades, let's just say pre-K through four, okay, are, are, do they work with, do they work enough with special ed expertise to understand that if a kid is having a problem, it might be a dyslexia problem or, or learning, learning challenge like that? Is it, is it, are people finally seeing the real cross mix that, that, that really one can help the other? It's a breaking down of a silo. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, well, I, I don't know if um, you've had the opportunity to hear the podcast "Oldest Story." That gives a great perspective I've heard some about of it. how. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. how reading instruction uh, in the nation changed, and yeah. so having that background, I think when you talk about our teachers prepared, do they have the professional development? It really depends on where you are in your career and what was mm. uh, the methodology that was uh, chosen at that time, right? So I do think that there is more That's and more point. yeah, fun, uh, foundational knowledge of the science and reading. And one of the really great uh, elements that was woven into the winter workshop was the uh, science of learning and how it impacts the science of reading. And so looking at brain functioning and understanding that as you move forward and try to uh, address reading skills for students. So one thing, and this kind of goes full circle to what we were saying earlier, Larry, is that when you're thinking about reading instruction, general ed teachers need to have the knowledge and the empowerment to realize that they can teach all students the reading instruction. Where you mm-hmm. layer in those interventions, that's where you're, you're, you can layer in supports. And it doesn't have to be students that are IEP eligible. It could be for all students with a mm-hmm. multi-tier system of support. So I do think that that work is going on nationwide. It's just when the reading had been so prevalently taught one way, it takes time, and when we know better, we do better, right? So yes. um, in getting that, that information out to special educators and special education leaders. Cool. What's the next workshop coming up? You just had the well, winter. We're what's, what's, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we have a lot of virtual offerings. So yeah. um, the Weatherly Review, we have uh, with Julie Weatherly, that's a quarterly Special ed law, very important. Right. Special ed law. And Dr. the Director of Communications, Dr. Bright, okay, always feel free to invite Julie on here. I love talking about that. Oh, stuff. yes, I love that. If you want. Um, yeah. And actually, we have about four different offerings with her. There's a discipline boot camp that's going to be coming up April 14th, wow. and it's really designed for all administrators. And there's new guidance out around exclusionary practices. And so we're really reaching out to um, all administrators, assistant principals, superintendents, um, principals, uh, to hear Julie's message. She's a very dynamic presenter and um, just a wealth of knowledge. So for the first time, Case is offering a discipline-specific offering, virtual event. That's great. And then this summer is the 504 conference. Uh, in July, I'm sorry, in June with uh, Julie Weatherly again. And last summer, that was like a blockbuster. And I still have people <laughs> sending messages saying how much they, they enjoyed cool. and learned from that conference. Cool. She is good. Yeah. She is good. Absolutely. You know, this is going to be good stuff, you guys. And, you know, which brings up an interesting point. And you're director of membership, too. And I, I'm going to just talk about this. You know, you're the Council of Administrators of Special Education, all right? But there are 12,000 school districts 
all right, in this country, okay? And this is good. I know where I'm going with this question. Do you have 12,000 members in case? We do not. Okay. The, we you should. Have, we That's my point of asking it. that. You should, <laughs> all right? There, there's, there's no excuse for any school district, okay, not to be part of, 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 of case, okay? Because mm-hmm. special ed is a hot point and a very strong parental point, community point. Okay, they're the they're the uh, they're they're the loudest. The parents are the loudest voice in the room. They really are advocates for their kids. Okay, we have to get okay. special ed on the right track. We do that. We're going to solve a lot of the challenges in schools. Okay, and uh, talk about if you can, Bridget. Again, you're director of membership for Case. Talk about why it's important. Okay, for for school district to, to join Case. Okay, and even the the superintendent or assistant superintendent, somebody should be there or be getting your stuff on a regular basis. Absolutely. And just talk about why that's so important. Certainly. Well, I can even speak to my own leadership. I we can take you to Piccadilly Square and I'll give you a soapbox. Go ahead, go that's, for it. I mean, man, light shining down on me and everything. Appreciate it. <laughs> But it is, obviously, I feel very passionately about this. Uh, As a director, I was a long-term member of CASE. I served on the Policy and Legislative Committee. CASE has so much to offer administrators, leaders in special education, and I love how you said superintendent. Even if you're not a director of special education, you are leading (laughs) and you have the responsibility to educate. You are an administrator of special education. If you're the superintendent, you're an administrator of special education, okay, whether you've been trained in it or not, okay? That's part of your bailiwick. Please continue. And one of the great things about CASE is that everyone in our office are former directors, so we know the job and just how challenging it is. And when you are looking for longevity in uh, leadership or within your district is that you have got to provide avenues for your leaders to grow, and CASE does that through extensive networking opportunities, both virtual and in-person. You know, you have to have a very strong network in order to lean on others when you have things come up that you need to ask about and find out more information of. And CASE absolutely provides that in spades. The other thing is, is CASE, as an international organization, has huge advocacy efforts. Um, CASE offices routinely work, working and meeting with federal offices to be the voice of special education leaders. And that's not something that when you're boots on the ground and, and managing your district is something that you might have the capacity to lean into. But our national organization absolutely provides that. And in those meetings with the federal offices and the coalitions that we're also a part of, we communicate that information to our members in a way that they can access at any time when they have time. So like you mentioned, the case weekly update and we have a membership update and That's good. we're providing mm-hmm, the, the professional learning that uh, we need, that our directors need to stay current, right? So. For me, when you're saying why would people be a member of CASE is that as a leader, you need to be fed, and this is one of the ways that you can definitely be fed through networking, advocacy, and then um, providing a voice for leaders. It's it's all just part and parcel. It's a changing landscape out there, okay? And things have to change accordingly. 
All right. Mm-hmm. And did you guys, and by the way, I, I didn't mention this before, and I just don't want people to know this. You know, the, the, the case is a division of CEC, which is the Council for Exceptional Children. Okay. And I'm, I'm telling you, we cannot afford to waste any kids. Special ed is extremely important. All right. We've got to really do a lot for it, and we've got to be aware of its implications into, quote, a mainstream classroom, unquote, whatever that is these days. Okay, so we got to be really <laughs> careful of what we're. It's true. Everything's changing out there. Okay, mm-hmm. and if, if everybody's well, I, responsible. You said it before. Everybody's responsible for everybody else. If things are going on in schools, okay, well, and I they have to be aware and understand that. You know, we got to look for the great leaders to, to to really lead. So I'm glad you brought up about the superintendents and all that sort of stuff. Okay, this this is really good. And the, the, last but not least, you, 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 dyslexia we talked about, you, but you didn't answer my question. What's the next most important thing in special ed? Dyslexia we did. What's next? What else? The next most important thing in special education, I would, you know, I really think when it, this kind of goes to what you were talking about. For so many years, everything was addressed in silos and just yeah. breaking down those Thank barriers you. and making sure that all students have access to their learning. And so there's multiple, multiple ways that you do that. And I'm glad that you mentioned the Council for Exceptional Children, our parent organization, yeah, because that blends right into the, the membership um, question that you asked previously. Because as a member of CASE, you are also a member of the Council for Exceptional Children. And when you are looking for research-based information, what are the best practices and instructions for students with disabilities, that is where you find that information through CEC. And so um, that kind of piggybacks, I wanted to make sure to mention, mention that. Um, but, you know, I think that for me the biggest thing for special education also always is going to be access through not having those exclusionary practices with discipline, right, yeah. and making sure that designing instruction and designing IEPs that are letting all learners access their instruction and to the greatest of extent with their general ed peers, right? Uh, we know that that's the vast, call, when you talk about when yeah, you talk that's about why we call our magazine vast, Equity and Access. Yeah. That's exactly. right. The vast, the, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> We're talking over each other. I'm talking over you. Go ahead. Oh, no. The vast majority of um, students that access special education services have typical IQs, typical intellectual capacity. Absolutely. Um, it's just they learn differently. And so, um, you know, to break down those barriers and make sure that all kids can access their instruction, I think that's always going to be the most important thing for all educators. It is. And I love that phrase. You know, when people do learn, they just learn differently. I work with Landmark College in Vermont a lot, and it's a college for students who learn differently. Okay? They're just smart mm-hmm. kids. They just learn differently. As, by the way, we all do, just in case you hadn't right. noticed. Okay? And, you, you know, you <laughs> talk about silos. I'm curious about this. Okay, in teacher education, teacher education has to break down the silos. When you become a teacher, teacher education has to say we're all working together. It's not you're not just a history teacher, you're not just a fourth grade teacher. You're working right across the board with everybody, and they have to make sure that the whole school community, okay, is part of every teacher's education. And that way the silos get broken down because new people coming in go, wait a minute, but I learned this. Why aren't I not working with special ed? Why am I not working with whoever? Okay, the guidance counselor, whatever the case may be, the school librarian. Okay, 
those silos have to be broken down in teacher education. Okay, and that, that's what we're going to do here. So, uh, Bridget, I assume you will be carrying my proposal to, to the executive director. Okay. I promise to. On Valentine's <laughs> Day. Do that and tell her the only qualification to become the future Mrs. Mrs. Jacobs. Okay, I'm my wife. Well, I'll talk to her about that. Okay. Is, is that she, just to, she just has to wear Eagles green to the office for a few weeks. Uh, well, I will definitely that? tell her that. Yeah, that's the only qualification I'm sure she'll uh, just run to that, okay? <laughs> but, 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 All I, right. By the way, I, I meant to ask you, you, I forgot you're in Arkansas. I knew that, but I forgot to ask. Did you, did you know my friend Howie Knopf down there? I have I have not met him. I do know of Howie Knopf, but I have not met him. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He's on the show quite a bit. He just moved. They moved from Arkansas. They just moved to Florida. But uh, I just thought maybe you guys had crossed paths. He's a good buddy. He's on the show quite often. Okay? That's all. Okay. Just checking. Okay? You're the one <laughs> educator in Arkansas who doesn't know how. We will have to crack that. I'll make sure you guys meet each other. Excellent. Okay, great. Bridget, you, this was great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. It was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. And, again, happy Valentine's Day. Enjoy those flowers and that box of candy. Okay. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to you. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Dr. Bridget Bright, Director of Communication and Membership for CASE, the Council of Administrators Special Education, and she knows her stuff. Okay? They're a good organization. And it's open to anybody in administration who cares about special ed. Okay? So you got to... Go on that. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Education Talk Radio. Please check out what we do over there. Enjoy our magazine. We're pretty proud of it and all the stuff at ace-ed.org. Thanks for listening.